Welcome to FinTalks, a chat with Finance Malta members edition. With me today, I have two successful women, um, which is a pleasure to have. I have Anna um, Pritzker, who is the director of First Step Solution Limited, and Margarita Tovstoya. I hope I did it well. (laughs) She is the corporate executive of uh, Step Solutions Limited as well. And with them, we're going to discuss um, the tricks and trends of the 21st century banking. Thank you, Anna and Margarita, for joining this podcast. My first question is to to Anna, to Anna, to you. In brief, can you tell us a bit about your company, First Step Solutions Limited? Yeah, sure. Uh, First Step Solutions Limited was established in Malta in 2001. So we've been here like for 20 years, practically. And uh, it's a corporate uh, service provider, fully uh, licensed, uh, authorized by MFSA. So the core business of our company is uh, company formation, management, day-to-day administration, providing secretarial directorship services. Uh, We do accounting, we help with audit. So basically it's one-stop shop and Mm -hmm. we have big experience with various uh, foreign clients, uh, expatriates, entrepreneurs, and uh, wealthy private individuals and their families. Okay, Um, Margarita, let me ask you this question. What are the current challenges that both clients and service providers face when it comes to corporate banking? Well, uh, we all remember the times when you could easily open a bank account at any jurisdiction. Well, those days are long gone now. Uh, In response to global anti-money laundering compliance regulations, banks have tightened um, their onboarding processes as well as their compliance checks. Uh, Nowadays, it has become increasingly difficult to open as well as maintain a corporate bank account. Uh, Since the banks have to implement risk assessment procedures to each each client, uh, many potential customers and mostly the line of these customers' uh, businesses no longer fall within bank's scope and are not in line with the bank's strategies. So there will be various um, factors considered by banks prior to onboard a particular client. Uh, so let's start with the jurisdiction. Uh, jurisdiction in which company uh, has been registered and in which uh, this company operates, uh, as well as uh, countries uh, the company trades with, uh, citizenship of uh, ultimate beneficial owner, type of business activity that company undertakes, volumes of the transactions, and this list can go on. Uh, it all depends, like there are different, uh, there are a lot of key factors which are considered by each bank uh, individually, I would say. Uh, so, uh, also, uh, many banks uh, nowadays uh, ask for a physical substance for mm-hmm. a company. Mm-hmm. Uh, this includes setting up uh, an office as well as uh, hiring full-time employees. And this is, what, uh, this is when it becomes pretty challenging for some international clients to follow this rule, so to speak. Mm, and thus sometimes we see sad cases uh, when newly registered company is forced to go into liquidation dissolution uh, because it failed to open a trading account with any bank 
and it seems to be a common practice for the banks nowadays uh, to review, not only to review, but as well to de-risk existing bank accounts. Uh, as a result, banks terminate relationship with their existing clients, uh, since those no longer fall within their risk appetite. This is a, a major uh, obstacle, as no active business can function without a bank account. So, considering all these uh, numerous factors, it is always advisable to discuss your corporate banking options with professionals who will guide you through the challenging process of bank account opening. Uh, I guess that um, everyone will agree that uh, having someone opening all the doors for you will be easier than to get through on your own. And despite all these uh, difficulties that I have mentioned earlier, uh, we always managed uh, to find a tailor-made solution for our clients. It can be a corporate bank account with a traditional fully licensed bank, uh, as well as an account with sole trading right now, alternative to a traditional banking, electronic money institutions, EMIs in short. You, in fact, you, you, you're taking me to my next question about EMIs. I mean, whoever is not um, uh, familiar with this term, EMIs, EMI means electronic money institutions. Can you, in a nutshell, explain what it means oh, yes, completely? Gl gladly. Um, electronic money institutions are uh, companies that are licensed to provide financial services to third parties, as well as store their funds on a special segregated accounts. Uh, such licensed uh, payment platforms provide an alternative payments, um, payment options to bank uh, accounts that allow you uh, to easily send and receive funds uh, payments worldwide, as well as include uh, private and corporate purchases with the use of a debit card and also payments to manage your business effectively. So as the definition says, uh, EMI are, uh, EMIs are web-based institutions that do not always have physical presence. So um, the difference between a traditional bank, a, con um, a traditional bank and EMIs is just that they don't have a physical um, building um, like? No, no, not really. I wouldn't really say that. Okay. Uh, so actually, uh, one of the few distinctions are that uh, EMIs operate uh, exclusively online, uh, while most of the traditional banks have their physical uh, presence, so-called bank branches, as we all know them. However, this is just one of the distinctions, as I said. Uh, it is important to note also that uh, both EMIs as well as banks are regulated and licensed entities. Uh, in case of banks, it is the central bank that regulates the bank. And in case of electronic money institution, uh, it is a um, local financial regulator. If we're talking about um, local EMI, uh, electronic money institution, uh, this is the Malta Financial Services Authority that MFSA is that regulates such entity. When, when talking about services uh, offered, um, banks do offer a wide variety of services. This include bank loans, uh, overdrafts, wealth management, credit cards and so on. While AMIs would have a limited service available, such as money transfers to third parties, um, as well as just uh, debit cards. Uh, furthermore, uh, while 
traditional banks have uh, high capital requirements this will be usually in millions emis would have low to medium requirement uh, just a few thousands uh, let's say uh, also one more important point uh, which is worth mentioning is that deposits in in banks uh, are um, covered by deposits guarantee scheme mm -hmm. uh, that is up to 100,000 euro while EMIs uh, deposits in EMIs do not have uh, such protection so this is a quite important point to mention to the clients I believe and, and what factors, since we were talking about banking, so what factors do you consider when, you, when offering a banking solution to your clients? Uh, well, to provide uh, a client with a tailor-made uh, proposal for his banking needs, uh, we need to consider quite a number of factors. Uh, every business is different, and so every business will have different financial and banking needs. Uh, normally, we would advise a traditional bank account to clients with simple and transparent structures, um, as well as to the clients uh, who would preferably have a substance in the country that the company has been registered in, uh, as well as uh, to ultimate beneficial owners uh, who are uh, EU nationals, preferably, mm -hmm. which is not always the case, and uh, and so on. Also, banks would be beneficial to the clients uh, whose partners uh, are from conservative background, and by this uh, I mean mm, those who would prefer uh, to see a world's uh, bank, uh, world's yeah, world's known banks on their invoices and uh, supplier agreements, etc. So sometimes we do have such clients for, for whom this is a very important point. Okay. Uh, often uh, we would propose to high uh, net worth clients who need uh, additional services of let's say wealth management to definitely get an account uh, uh, at a fully licensed, fully licensed bank as in such case it is definitely worth paying extra for such services. Uh, furthermore, um, we would also consider to opt uh, for, uh, for a traditional bank uh, for clients uh, who, um, who keep substantial amounts on their bank accounts uh, and do large and complex transactions. This would also, as I said, uh, be the clients would be advised to opt for a traditional bank rather than EMI because mm -hmm. EMIs sim simply do not cater for such clients as yet, I believe. On the other hand, EMIs, when we're talking about uh, EMIs, mm, as much as 52% uh, of modern millennials aged between 18 to 34 take advantage of such innovative uh, financial services, I would say, and it is safe to assume that uh, more recent generations brought up in digital era are, uh, are willing and uh, definitely going to be even more inclined uh, to use innovative and alternative banking solutions, which are EMIs and all the services that they offer. Uh, I think that having an account with EMI would be um, especially beneficial and uh, quite a perfect solution for startup companies, uh, fintech businesses, crypto businesses, e-commerce, as well as 
for um, fish sensitive clients and of course for those who struggle opening a corporate account with traditional bank. I believe uh, that now is um, a great time to reap as many as, as many as possible benefits from technological improvements in the financial landscape as possible and always uh, choose a banking option which is ideal for your type of business. So basically in a nutshell if I had to round up what you just said the two the two um, styles the EMI and the banking are still popular in today's world absolutely but uh, it is definitely up to the client to decide according to his needs and according to his um, uh, service that service, he's yeah. to choose which one to he, go for to go right for exactly this is when uh, we come in uh, in place and we uh, try and yeah. uh, Mm, negotiate the client's needs and see what's best suits his business. So it is not yet correct to say that banks can close their shops nowadays. No, definitely no. not. Exactly. <laughs> not yet, as you said. Yeah. Thank you, Margarita. Thank you. Anna, um, can you please, from what Margarita just said, can you please give us some practical examples of businesses that would benefit from EMI or banks or both? Yes, sure. So let's, uh, Margarita gave us a good overview of the factors that would influence the choice of the client and what we as service providers would suggest to a client. So let's take some practical examples. For example, uh, let's take a Lithuanian uh, national. He lives, uh, he resides in Lithuania. He has a startup company in Malta and he needs, and his company is selling sun lotions online, he has e-commerce a website and he needs fast and inexpensive solution for small but frequent transactions as his customers are buying sun lotions through his website and the account must be linked to payment processing website. Um, so in this case it's definitely we would su suggest uh, an EMI for him because it's a startup he needs low fees which EMI normally offer and the uh, EMI is uh, they're famous for uh, being very user-friendly when it comes to connecting to payment processing websites mm -hmm. so for his e-commerce business this would be an ideal easier solution then perhaps when the company grows we would suggest another EMI uh, or another bank account in a traditional bank but for now he would just need an EMI Another client, let's take an example, a Russian national, let's call him Vladimir. Uh, he has a 10-year-old uh, multi company and he is trading in very sophisticated and expensive agricultural equipment and machinery. has few partners that he's selling these, a few um, customers that he's selling this mm -hmm. equipment to. And uh, uh, the local bank closed his account recently, so he needs a solution. Uh, what he also needs, he needs some reputable uh, institution uh, that his pe uh, business partners would trust and uh, know. So in this case we would offer him a bank account in some reputable bank. Uh, since he's a Russian uh, national it might be an issue with some of the banks because um, uh, that's a high-risk jurisdiction. However, some banks, for example, in Switzerland, some investment banks in Switzerland, or let's say Liechtenstein, would accept such client if he also make investments with the bank, and he probably would have the money for it because he has a 10-year-old company that's successful business, and he would have a nice name um, on his letterhead, n nice name of the bank. 
So that's a solution for him. And the third example, so I don't tire you. Uh, Czech individual, uh, he lives uh, in Czech Republic, uh, three year old, has a three-year-old company in Malta that is uh, leasing and selling software. Um, he is not happy with his current bank, so he wants to change. He has turnover of two million uh, annually, and he does not take out dividends. So he, what he needs, he needs payments to third parties, SEPA and non-SEPA, and also a secure place to keep his corporate money since mm -hmm. he is not taking out dividends. So in this case, we would offer probably both EMI, an account with EMI, and an account with a traditional bank. So EMI would cater for his day-to-day -day running of the business, his transactions. We would find um, a bank that cater both SEPA and non-SEPA payments in various currencies. And then we would try and open an account for him in a bank. Uh, where he could keep it would be like a more like of a saving account where he keeps his corporate mm -hmm. uh, funds that accumulate uh, that ac accumulated uh, in general we always suggest uh, to the clients not to keep all the eggs in one basket it's good to have you know segregate funds and to have more than one account just in case the bank closes one account he has the client has mm -hmm. another account because uh, otherwise the company cannot run smoothly yeah, exactly. Um, so for the benefit of our um, listeners, can you summarize the major pros and cons of both EMI and traditional banking? Yes, uh, so both banks and EMIs have both advantages and disadvantages. So you have to evaluate them when you choose your perfect uh, banking solution. So when it comes to banks, the major uh, advantages would be um, it, that the fact that it offers more protection, mm -hmm. um, it's more, uh, it has more of a solid reputation. I mean, banks has been on the market for forever, so everybody knows what the bank is unlike AMIs, and uh, it offers various services. It's a sort of one-stop shop, so it's very convenient. Uh, when we talk about disadvantages of traditional banks, um, uh, the, the first one comes that comes to my mind is that they have very complex requirements, KYC requirements, uh, long onboarding procedures, it's very hefty. Um, very tedious process and um, the banks in general they're not so flexible unlike EMIs. Um, also um, reluctance of many banks now to service international businesses so mm -hmm. they're more prone to uh, towards uh, local uh, localized sort of businesses not international businesses they have higher fees in general as well and slower processing of transactions for some businesses this could be crucial you know the speed of transaction the speed Timing. of banking is very essential yeah. On the other hand, EMIs, they have faster account opening process, easier KYC procedures, they're more flexible. Sometimes you just need to fill it, uh, in everything online and it takes much less time to onboard a client. Um, it's more personalized approach, I'd say. They have lower fees, uh, which is good for fees-sensitive clients. And uh, of course, cutting edge internet uh, banking system that you can do a transaction with a pre uh, you know just one button on your f uh, on your phone or laptop. So it's really convenient when you travel frequently when you have very intense business. 
um, amongst the cones of EMIs are instability and as the result, instability of the sector because it's a new sector, new EMIs emerge, some close down, jurisdictions have different requirements to EMIs, so it's a bit unstable. And uh, as the result of this, people do not have so much trust in EMIs. As uh, Margarita mentioned, younger generation have more trust, but older, more conservative clients, they do not trust EMIs. They say, what is this? We, we don't like it. But this is a matter of time, I believe. Uh, the more years pass, the more it would become a familiar concept. Uh, also, Econi's inability to service large and complex transactions. If your clients have large volumes, um, it might not be a good solution to send him to AMI because they have some st sometimes restrictions on the amounts that could be uh, sent. And no financial, no or very limited financial guarantees. So do not, my, my advice would be not to keep large amounts of money on EMI accounts. So the banks are for this. Anna, what about um, data protection? As mm -hmm. in your, your information that you're sending to EMIs, how, how protected you are with regards to identity and the information that you're giving them? Well, this would be the same like with the bank. I mean, they, uh, when it comes to data protection, they would have just the same regulations upon them. So I wouldn't worry about that. Okay. Um, what is, in your opinion, um, the future of corporate banking? Well, uh, the future is not so clear. However, we can say that definitely um, we cannot predict sort of the future of this because it's very... A volatile uh, industry, but uh, we can say that technological innovations and also together uh, with the KYC, AML and FTF regulations will um, shape the landscape of the banking industry. Because on, on one hand, it will more and more go towards uh, new technologies, uh, new ways like EMIs. It's already something very new and different from traditional banking. And it will evolve. At the same time, regulations would be, become uh, stricter and stricter. So this would probably uh, also have a big effect on the industry. Uh, definitely, I believe that number of EMIs will uh, grow. Uh, there are already many uh, in Europe, let's say, and uh, every year the number will just grow. And also the services that they provide, it will, they will become more complex, diversified and sophisticated. Uh, in 1994, Bill Gates uh, said um, at the conference in the US, he said, uh, banks are dinosaurs, they um, can be bypassed. It made quite a, a shock, <laughs> this statement at that time in 1994, it was a bold statement. Uh, well, today uh, many tend to agree with him, uh, it's, the prediction has not come true and I do not believe it will come entirely true but there is a lot of truth in it because banks are changing. Mm -hmm. I think in future banks will be geared more towards servicing individual clients and also very local businesses with a lot of uh, local presence, substance. Uh, international businesses will definitely shift towards EMIs in future even more. We already see the strength clearly but in future it will just be uh, bigger.
Yeah, I think even with the young generation, yes, they would prefer yes, something like yes, that. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Anna, Margarita, thank you for accepting this invitation and thank you thank for you. joining us during this podcast. We encourage you all to follow the FinTalks, a chat with Finance Malta members edition on our Facebook, financemalta.org slash podcast and on our YouTube channels. Thank you very much.